not only tending to her funeral, but certainly the matters after. I have an older brother, but he lives in the Middle East. He flew down for the funeral, but wasn't able to stay long, so it was kind of incumbent on me to help out my dad. Um, but I got a chance to do my mom's eulogy, which was really special. And I got a chance to share about how my mom was and is the most influential person in my life. And, uh, you know, uh, my mom taught me kind of the, uh, the power of words in connecting. So it was a real uh, encouragement to be able to share about her. So I wanted to thank the church uh, yeah, for just the support that my wife and I and our whole family have received for the last couple weeks. Um, we got cards. Uh, we got texts. We've got uh, people that uh, just communicated uh, just personally, one-on-one. Many of you donated money and allowed us, kind of helped us to sort of fund our trip because we had to fly our entire family down there and uh, myself and uh, my wife and my three kids. And so, again, your donation allowed us to be able to do that. And, um, uh, you know, there was a couple, uh, Sue Johnson, who's uh, one of the members in the church here, her and her husband, Lita Zone, she baked me my favorite carrot cake. Uh, so that was really great. Uh, John and Jen Jacobs, they, um, they took care of our dog when we were gone. So thank you so much for the support. And I, I think... Uh, uh, I just want to encourage all of us that, you know, when we go through tough times, uh, when, you, when you're grieving or uh, when you're going through a dark time or, uh, you know, you, you, you feel like, you know, you're just kind of at your ropes and uh, that God often uses those as opportunities to see his power and his grace. Uh, there are opportunities for us to grow in our character and those times that we think or we see is really dark often can be a turning point for our faith. And I know for myself that in the midst of all this, what was really abundantly clear to me is just how blessed I am. And it seems like, you know, I think about how, you know, people in the world, they're just confounded at times by the disposition of followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, Because it's, you know, during times that seemingly anyone would look at as very tough and, 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 you know, in a very real way, my wife and I, my family, and my father certainly is grieving. They've been married for 51 years. Uh, but through all that, you know, we even had uh, disciples fly in from Kansas and Toronto and, and, and Chicago and different parts, and, and disciples from the Vancouver church came to attend my mother's funeral. And it just impacted my entire family. So even through that time, uh, you can see God's power working in an incredible way. So I want to thank the church. Uh, for this um, month we are going to talk about a theme of battle. And this is to teach us, or in some cases to remind us, that if we're going to stay on course, if you are going to have a successful marriage, do a great job raising your children, stay a faithful disciple, you're going to have to learn how to battle. You have to have fight in you. And you have to be prepared here and here, or we're just not going to last. If you're trying to be pure, if you're trying to be a man or a woman of integrity, if you're trying to build up the kingdom, you have to understand this fundamental truth that you have to battle. And this is a verb and a noun because we are involved in a battle, but you have to battle. And you have to have a certain amount of fight in you, or you're not going to make it. You know, the world doesn't just applause because you show up or because you made an effort to have integrity. Sometimes you can express kindness and you can get, you know, unkindness thrown back in your face. 
Sometimes you can desire to be righteous, you can desire to be holy, you can desire to have integrity, and temptation will come knocking at your door that very next day. This is not middle school, you're not going to get a participation award. You have to have the mentality to battle, right? And you see this throughout the scriptures. You see it certainly in the Old Testament as those battles were literalized, actualized. But you see it certainly, the writers of the New Testament refer to it constantly, that if you just have a casual attitude, or if you just waltz into this thinking that you're going to be victorious because you showed up, well, you're going to get knocked down, and you're going to get knocked down very hard because few things hit as hard as life, right? And so uh, we're going to talk about this for this month, and so today I'm going to talk specifically about preparation, the idea that we have to to be prepared. So here's in Psalm 88, it says, this is the psalmist. Now the psalms are uh, uh, very interesting uh, parts of scripture because they're poetry. They're they're people describing their, their emotional relationship with God. It says, I'm overwhelmed with troubles. My life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. Pretty inspiring, huh? (laughs) Now most of us, I mean not today, but certainly you have felt this way before. And if you haven't, I can promise you it will happen. Where you're overwhelmed. Where you feel like you have no strength. Now, there's a lot of psalms, and you know, again, the psalms are, are a you know a particular part of Scripture that really expresses, I believe, an emotional uh, journey with God. And a lot of the psalms describe struggle, like uh, Psalm 73 would be one, uh, certainly 51, uh, 32, 18, and a lot of these st- psalms they, they, they describe st- uh, struggle, but they kind of end up kind of with God. You know what I mean? It just kind of describes their sort of journey. Well, Psalm 88 is not really like that. This is how this ends. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. I don't know who your closest friend is, but... uh, the day that you say darkness is your closest friend, that's a pretty tough time. Uh, this, this, is, this is what I know, is this guy saying. Like, you know, hey, you, you, know, you guys know each other? Yeah, me? Dark times? Yeah, we're like that. Those dark times, that's what we're like. And, and that's how this psalm ends. And I think sometimes, you know, certainly when I'm talking to people that haven't read their Bible or don't know it or, you know, just have questions or maybe even a little bit afraid of the Bible because you're like, yeah, you know, I don't. There's some stuff there that challenges me, or sometimes we're afraid of it because there's stuff that we just don't have answers to, or like, ah, I want to open it and then just not know what it means. And so sometimes we like, why does the Bible have this sort of bleak, negative, dark times stuff going on? And I think the big reason that I'd say is that because dark times are a part of our journey. It's part of our journey. You know, when we uh, used to live in Milwaukee, one of the trips we used to make was to Toronto because that's where my wife's family lives. And that's like an 11-hour drive. And uh, every time you do that, when you go there and when you come back, one of the things you have to navigate is you have to go through Chicago traffic. And, and, and we would plan it, right? Because you, you don't want to leave at a time where you hit rush hour because that could extend your trip by an hour, sometimes two hours. No matter how much we hated that part of the journey, it was part of the journey, right? 
you had to be prepared for it. You know, uh, when I, uh, I'm Canadian, so when, we, uh, when I flew back into Vancouver, I had to go through customs, right? And you got to have your passport, and you got to have your green card. And you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. And if you're not ready, if you're not prepared, if you don't have the things that you need to have, you don't get past customs. But it's kind of like that with dark times. You know, if you're not prepared, and preparation's about doing the work before because we understand that there's, it'll be more and worse work afterwards. But just like customs, if we're hitting dark times and we're not prepared, we don't get past it. And those dark times linger, right? And they leave scars and pain because sometimes we just don't know what hit us. We don't know what happened. You know, uh, you know, when my kids go through, uh, when they sign up for sports or they sign up an activity, I try very much to prepare them for kind of the, the, the hitting the wall, right? I'm like, okay, listen, you've joined your martial arts or, you know, I, when we pick an end day, we're like, I want you to do this for two years. Or, hey, you picked football. Listen, if you started this, you know, you don't have to be a football player, but you're going to finish this year. Because, and like, oh, yeah, and you know, of course, you know, they're so excited at the idea of football. But I'm like, okay, there's going to time, come a time where you hate this sport. <laughs> you're going to hate going to practice. Okay, and, and I, what I'm trying to tell them is I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get them ready for this time. When that time comes, you can't quit. I don't want to hear, and I don't want you to fake an injury you know, I don't want you to, you know, fake a cough or whatever. These things, because these dark times, what they require is clarity. Because dark times challenge what you know to be true. You know, you set this goal, man, I want to be righteous. And then in a dark time, you're like, does it really matter? You know, you can come to your marriage wide-eyed, and at some point you're like, <laughs> Is divorce really that wrong? I mean, I'm human. Can't I? And, and, and they challenge what we believe to be true. I'm going to show you a two-minute video from the movie uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay? So it's a movie that... Uh, and I'm just going to make a quick comment. It's about them kind of hitting the battle and sort of hitting their own little dark time. Okay? Let's, uh, let's listen.
thing with you that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. I think, Mr. Fuller, that you understand. I know that folk in those stories had lots of chances to turn it back when they did. They kept going because they were holding on to something. My um, my older brother used to uh, play this prank on me when I was uh, when we were younger. We would uh, come home with like uh, you know cups of like Coca Cola or root beer from like McDonald's, and they're in that like McDonald's cup. And uh, if I was in the, the 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 bathroom or restroom or something, he would switch my drink with milk. And uh, the and he would wait till I drank the milk. And the minute I drank the milk. He would say something like, I vomited in your drink, or you just something really gross, or like, I spat in your drink. So the, and so I was hoping to drink Coke. And instead of drinking Coke, I tasted this, like, you know, milky liquid, which, and he's yelling at me what it is this whole time. And so I would, like, vomit, like, oh, I would spit it out. And then, you know, my parents would come, what did you do? He goes, it's just milk, mom. It's just milk, you know. <laughs> and he did this, like, three times. I never caught on. <laughs> You know what I mean? But he would do this thing to me. And I remember just the, the power of not being prepared. And just the lack of clarity. In that moment, I just I thought I was poisoned for a second. <laughs> you know, you hit these, these times, and I believe Satan throws us for a loop. And he yells in our ear what's happening. He says, you're dying. I vomited in your drink. <laughs> you're going to be poisoned right now. And you need clarity. And I think, in, you know, I look at this, this video in Lord of the Rings, and he says, I can't do this anymore. And certainly we've all felt that, you know, about different things in our life. And he said, you know, what are you fighting for? I got, I, this question I ask is, what are you fighting for? Because we talk about being prepared for the battle. Can you answer this clearly? See, I think for a lot of us, there's clear things we fight against, you know. Like we fight against you know, disrespect, or we fight against inequality, or we fight against, you know, the oppression of, or whatever. Like, there are things that, when we see it, man, we're ready to put up our dukes and and fight against it. But I guess my question is, what are you fighting for? And I think if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there are many answers to this, but let me put one thing that's a certainty for, is that you have to fight for your faith. Your faith is more precious than gold. Things that are precious in your life need to be protected, right? You protect valuable things. You protect your home. You protect your children. You protect your wife. You protect your expensive jewelry or your brand new car. You fight for your faith. 
Proverbs chapter 4, it says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Let, fix your gaze directly before you. This is about focus, right? This is about moving forward. This is about not being distracted. Many of us, all of us, have walked in a certain direction and then walked sideways or backwards from that direction before. It says this, give careful thought and this is what we're doing right now, and this is part of preparation because, you know, the battle's here and the battle's here. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast. And here's a challenging, in all your ways. Don't turn to the right or the left. And here's something that's convicting for all of us. Keep your foot from evil. In other words, don't walk down the path of evil. That's what it's saying. Don't do evil things. What would we be if in, we started 2019 just following this one passage? You know what I mean? Forget all, you know, forget all the, 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 the passages that we violate constantly. But imagine if we just said, okay, let's just move forward in our faith every day. Imagine if we just did that. How do we do that? I want to give you one decision that you can make that will keep you moving forward. And it's this. Choose responsibility over freedom. Engage with your kids before going on the computer. Talk with your wife before going into your man cave. Limit your time on the internet so that you're not idle or tempted. Choose prayer over a quick nap. Choose prayer over going to sleep a little bit early or getting up a little bit later. You know, in my eulogy um, to my mom, I ended it by giving a tribute to my father. And one of the things I said was my father... In the last few years, my mom had battled cancer for nine years. And my, in that time, my father was heroic. He cooked for her. He cleaned the house. He carried her. He talked to her every day. When he, she was in hospice, he visited her twice a day. And I said to my father, I said, you showed me and my brother, and you showed your four grandsons what a man really looks like. Because a man chooses responsibility over freedom. A man of God, a woman of God. You have choices, and it's only in our choices that we're different. We're all the same, despite what the world tells us. Your heart and my heart, we're the same. We struggle with the same temptations. Guy, girl, I know what it's like to be lonely, insecure, selfish, lust. Hey, it's all the same. We're different in our choices. And this is a choice that you can make. To choose responsibility over freedom. Let's close off here with another passage. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight, are they're not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Powerful passage on, you know, and Paul alluded to the spiritual battle constantly. He's constantly talking about, hey, there's a battle that you're fighting and it's, it's over here, you can't see it. But trust me, you're engaged in it. And you're either fighting or losing that battle. You see, as a disciple, we hand in our card as a spectator and we decide that we're going to be participants in the battle. Right? If you are a follower of Christ, you've said, okay, I'm not a fan, I'm a player. I'm in this battle. I'm in the arena. I'm not just going to be somebody that sort of observes what's going on. 
And it says we demolish arguments and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And we talked about the battle here, and it's talking about the battle here. Okay, the battle that's right here. And it says we take captive every single thought. And this is, you know, uh, uh, about two weeks ago, I had um, a bunch of teens were at my house, uh, and about five or six teens were over, and they were all from Canada because there was like a teen prom. And and, and so some teens from Canada had, had, had driven up to my place so that they could attend the teen prom in Chicago. And uh, on the, that Sunday, they were all watching uh, the NBA uh, Raptors game against the Philadelphia 76ers. It was this Game 7, and I don't know if you're uh, an NBA fan, but it, it's a very exciting playoffs. But anyways, I won't get into that. Uh, so anyways, it's, 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 a game, uh, it's a Game 7, and uh, the, the, the Raptors' best player is a guy named Kawhi Leonard. And he takes his shot, it's, and if he sinks it, it wins the whole game. Like the last, you know, the, the classic, three, two, one, shoots! And this ball bounces four times, bounce. Bounce, bounce, and just hangs on the rim and then goes in. And it's in Toronto. Everyone just freaks out. And you got to imagine, so my house is filled with Canadians. And so they were literally going, ole, 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 ole. I mean, they were just, they were just euphoric. And, you know, we've got a basketball hoop in our house. And you're, you're kind of replaying that shot. Kawhi Leonard, you're just replaying that shot. And one of the things is that we're always, you know, that, that shot is going to live, it's sort of in Canadian history and, and just in fame. But what we know, and if you've played sports, what you understand and what every coach tries to impress upon its people is that that shot doesn't happen without every shot that came before that. That, that, that every inch and that winning teams, winning organizations understand the value of fighting for every inch, for every basket, for every rebound. Not just the one that's the game-winning shot. You have to earn that right to even have an opportunity. But if you don't fight for every inch, you're not even going to be on the winning side. right? And, and, and we try so hard to impress this as coaches that, you know, in the first in the first inning, you know, in softball or whatever, it's like every run counts, every every inch counts. And Paul's trying to impress this on his spiritual team. He's saying that just like in football, you fight for that extra yard. And you, and you because when you add, it's about adding them all up, right? And he's saying in discipleship of Christ, we fight for every thought. Every thought of criticalness, we submit that to Jesus Christ. Every thought where you're tempted to lust, not just the action, but even the thought. The thought of worry and anxiety. The thoughts of insecurity. The thoughts of anger and bitterness and, or feeling sorry for yourself. We demolish those and we take every thought captive. That's what it means to battle. That you're battling it at a thought level. That your mind is, is being tried to make holy before Christ. See, it's the losing team that says, ah, and I'll just, I'll show up when, the team, when, when it matters. They, they'll never be in a winning game. They'll never make the playoffs because they don't understand what it takes to build a winning moment. And it is the losing Christian that's always battling with large sin. 
but gives way to their thoughts. The Bible says we take captive every thought. So what thoughts do you need to take captive? Church, we're going to go through dark times. It's part of our journey. And you might be in one right now, and if you're not in one, you're going to be in one. Are you going to be prepared for it? Or are you going to get rejected at customs and not get past that dark time? Have that dark time give you something. And some of our biggest regrets in this room come from decisions that you've made because you were unprepared for a dark time. The things that you wish you could redo. The things that you go, oh, my life would be so much better. If I just didn't do that, it comes from you not being prepared for a dark time. Be prepared for a dark time. Choose responsibility over freedom. And let's take captive every thought. Let's pray. God in heaven, we... uh, We have our journey and we want to, we want to go on that journey with you. And, and as much as we can feel excited about what that sounds like or means, Father, we know that we are so weak at times. And we know that dark times or times of pain or grief and suffering, they're either here right now or they're coming. Prepare us for those, God. Help us to be prepared. Help us to make decisions, to choose responsibility responsible to Christ Jesus over freedom, over the worldly freedoms. Help us, God, to take captive every thought, to battle on a thought level so we could submit every part of our hearts and our lives to you. Father, we know that we are engaged in a battle, that we need to battle in order to stay focused and to stay faithful to you. We love you. I pray for every single person here that we would be blessed because of your word, we would be blessed because of these decisions, that you would bless every act that's prompted by our faith, that when we choose responsibility, we would see, have the eyes to see you blessing us. When we take captive every thought, that everyone here could see how you're blessing our efforts and heart to battle for you. We love you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Church, we're all dismissed. Parents, please pick up your children.